you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, August 31st, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we're always happy to have you on the roster. It's me, your man, MG Marcus Grant, joined by Michael F. Florio. We do have the specialist back there. Yay! A cast of dozens to help us put this show together. And uh, we got a busy one because we got plenty of stuff to talk about. We are going to finish our division previews with the NFC West. Uh, we're going to talk about some uh, player rankings. Florio's got his wide receiver rankings and his tight end rankings. Plus, we got a little bit of strategy talk uh, at the end of the show. But Florio, uh, this is it. This is our last week. In fact, I think this Sunday is our last Sunday without any football until February. Yeah, it's it's here. It's exciting. Next, I mean, one week from tomorrow. We, it all begins, and right. it begins in a grand fashion, so begins I'm excited. Fa- it's going to be Bills, Rams, right next door to where we're sitting here at SoFi Stadium. I know you are uh, you know, scrambling to try and get some tickets. <laughs> I will be there. I don't have them yet, but I will, I will be there. If anybody wants to hook our boy Florio up, please let us know. Hit us Glad up on, on Twitter or, or, or somewhere and, and let us know if you got a hook up there. So, uh, By the way, I should remind you that we are still in the midst of Fantasy Week here at NFL Media. we got plenty of content on all our platforms to help you get ready to take down your league competition. Also... Definitely not too late to sign up for NFL Fantasy. It's free. It's easy. You can download the NFL Fantasy app or go to fantasy.nfl.com. We are closing out our previews with the NFC West. Of course, we'll go by order of last year's finish, which means we will start with the Super Bowl champion Los Angeles Rams, 12-5 and last season. Their passing leader, Matthew Safford. 4,886 yards, 41 touchdowns, 17 interceptions, the QB5. Sony Michelle, your rushing leader, 845 Gross. yards, four rushing <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, he was the RB32, and at least, I believe, as of now, he is looking for a job. I think he is he, uh, unemployed. He's trying to, uh, apparently today he's working out with the Chargers. He's just trying to oh, stay in L.A. Just trying to get back to L.A. Look, I'm not <laughs> mad at it. I'm, I'm not mad at all. Uh, Cooper Cup, your receiving leader, no shock, 145 catches, 1,947 yards and 16 touchdowns. He was your wide receiver one by a wide margin, about 95 points better than Devontae Adams. So let's let's start there because Cup is either wide receiver one or wide receiver two off the board, depending on, on how people in your league feel. 
I don't think it's realistic for us to think he's going to get 1,900 yards and 16 touchdowns again. That was an amazing, phenomenal season. But realistically, I mean, what sort of numbers can we expect out of Cooper Cup this year? So, yeah, he's not going to do what he did last year again. 145 catches, his previous high was 94. He had average last year 115 yards per game. His previous high was 73. (laughs) So, like, he just blew everything out of the water. But even still with that, Marcus, I think it's fair to project him for, like, 120, 125 catches, 15 to 1,600 yards. Touchdowns are are the most biggest thing, but I I still think double-digit touchdowns for Cooper Cup is easily attainable. So basically, you're you're projecting him for kind of what Devontae Adams did last year, which, again, a great season. It was just about 100 (laughs) points less than what Cooper Cup did. So I I think that's fair, right? I think you're talking about 120 catches. I do think, you know, 1,400, 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns. A lot of it depends on the guys around him. I think last year, part of the reason you saw these big numbers, one, you know, breakfast with Matthew Stafford, obviously. <laughs> but also, I mean, you know, you had injuries, right? I mean, you know, Robert Woods was sort of banged up. He got hurt, for, lost for the year. They brought in Odell Beckham, and it took him time to sort of learn the system and get acclimated there. Cup was the one thing consistently that that offense had in the passing game that they could rely on. If Allen Robinson is healthy, um, you know, if Van Jefferson can step up and, and contribute, I think, you know, I don't think they have to rely quite as much on Cooper Cup. So I would say if you're drafting him as your number one wide receiver, expecting he's going to get you close to 2,000 receiving yards, I hate to tell you, you may be <laughs> slightly disappointed. Like, I don't, I don't want to hear, you know, I don't, I don't want Cooper Cup to be on pace for 1,500 yards of people and be like, what's wrong with Cooper Cup? Yeah. I, to me, he is the Jonathan Taylor of the wide receiver position. Like, is he a lock to be the, the first at his position? I don't think so, but I think he is the absolute safest bet to be top five in the NFL. And I think that's I think that's the reason you draft him where you do. Speaking of drafting guys where we do, Cam Akers, he's a guy coming off the board third round, maybe fourth round if he slips a little bit. But he's kind of been banged up this offseason. And I feel every time Sean McVay talks about his running backs, he mentions Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson in tandem. That worries me. I don't know about you, but where are you comfortable drafting Cam Akers this year? Nowhere near where his ADP is. I, I do not I do not have him on any of my fantasy teams. I, I've been saying like fifth, sixth round I would be comfortable taking him, but he's going third, fourth, like you said. And not only has he been banged up all preseason, and I think it's a great point that you brought up about Daryl Henderson, but we also have to worry about even at 100%, is he ever going to be the running back he was before he tore his Achilles? Because... Outside of like Kevin Durant, there's not a lot of successful comeback stories in the NFL or in sports, let alone the NFL, which is such a physical game and relies so much on that. So for me, I, I, I haven't drafted Cam Akers anywhere. I don't really plan on it. And instead, I'll take Daryl Henderson in the 10th round because I think it could be realistically a, a shared backfield this season. I mean, that's sort of what everything is pointing to is that it is going to be kind of a shared backfield situation. Um, you're right. I haven't drafted Cam Akers. I just haven't haven't loved him at, at his ADP. There are other guys that I'd be willing to take a shot on in that range. And so I've really passed on him. Plus, I go back to a couple years ago with Sean McVay saying that they don't have any plans to give anybody a Todd Gurley like role in terms of usage anymore. Like Gurley was a workhorse, he sort of ran him into the ground. Um, I don't think they plan to do that again. So that, that worries me about a guy that you might have to spend a third round pick on. Um, this one might be sort of tough, but we do this all the time. First player drafted, maybe that's not going to be so tough. First player drafted, but a sleeper for the Rams and a player to avoid for the Rams. The first player drafted, obviously, Cooper Cup. Right. Uh, player to avoid for me is Cam Akers. I, I do not want him on any of my teams. Sleeper is hard to find, but Marcus, I'm going to just go with your guy. I'm going to say Van Jefferson. <laughs> yeah. I, I love Allen Robinson. I think he could be a wide receiver one, but Van Jefferson is the unquestioned three here. And we saw last year, like Van Jefferson, when given the opportunity, is a good player. So if anything happens to a Cup or an Allen Robinson, I think Van Jefferson then becomes immediately fantasy relevant. And even if not, I think he can work his way into like being a flex option or a bi-week replacement type of thing. Uh, So, yes, uh, obviously Cooper Cup is the first player off the board. I mean, he's a guy that very well could go top five uh, in a lot of leagues. Um, I like the 
I, I like the uh, idea of Cam Akers as a player to avoid. I'm also going to throw out Tyler Higby just because I like we can we can sort of do away with that. I know we had the hype a couple <laughs> years ago. Um, oh, I was so wrong on that one. Hey, uh, I, look, I, I understood <laughs> what you were thinking. It just his usage is just so inconsistent that it's just hard to really get behind him, especially when you're talking about late round tight ends. There's so many other options that you could yeah. pivot to, and uh, so a, a a sleeper. Yeah, I guess I got to go Van Jefferson too because you know. This is a team with a lot of clear-cut, draftable options. Um, Van Jefferson's kind of a guy that, that is kind of lying in the weeds, waiting potentially for, for some opportunity. Uh, I guess we can also throw Daryl Henderson into that mix, too, as a potential sleeper. If, if he does get a workload close to what Sean McVay might be intimating, uh, he does any, have some sleeper Any potential. love for deep sleeper Lance McCutcheon, who is like a preseason darling? I feel like he's going to be a preseason hero that, that's not going to amount to much necessarily – in the regular season. Yeah. But it was fun. Yeah. I, I could maybe in like a year, like he's a rookie tight end. That's that's yeah. hard to do, but just a name to, to maybe like yeah. keep, in, keep in the memory. I'm sure all the Dynasty folks are going crazy over Lance McCutcheon. <laughs> I'm sure in Dynasty Trade Twitter. first round pick, get him. You know, it's it's they are they're battling between you know Lance McCutcheon and Isaiah Likely for who the uh, the tight end one <laughs> is going to be in Dynasty. Uh, all right, let's go over to the Arizona Cardinals. They were eleven and six last year. Uh, started like a house on fire and then just collapsed down the stretch. Ended up losing to the Rams in the wild card round. Kyler Murray, their passing leader, thirty seven hundred and eighty seven yards, twenty four touchdowns, ten picks. He's the QB ten. James Conner is your rushing leader, 752 yards, 15 rushing touchdowns. That made him the RB5. And the receiving leader, uh, Christian Kirk, 77 catches, 982 yards, five receiving touchdowns, wide receiver 26. Now he is plying his trade in Jacksonville. It's time for Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats. Managing a fantasy team and hitting refresh on your scores works up an appetite. So order with Uber Eats today. All right, now let's talk about James Conner. He finished as the RB5 last season, but a lot of touchdowns involved in that. Will Conner be an RB1 again this year? I think so. And, and in fact, he's one of my favorite, uh, like, round three running backs, late round two uh, to target there, especially if I start with a wide receiver in round one. Uh, we know that he has the goal line work on lock. I don't think he's going to get 18 touchdowns again, but double digits, I definitely think, is well in his range of outcomes. And the thing that I'm really hoping for is because last year when Chase Edmonds was hurt, that's when Connor exploded because he was being used in the passing game. And not only was he being used there, he was really impressive. Like he was making one handed grabs. And I, I'm just hoping that. They, I don't think they're going to use him fully as a three-down back, but I'm hoping that uh, they, they continue to use him in, in passing situations and maybe spell him to give him a break to, to keep him healthy. But I definitely think he can be an RB1 again. I've gone back and forth on James Conner because I look at that, that rushing touchdown number and feel like that's going to be hard to duplicate and that's going to be, take a big chunk out of it. And then there's you know the, the passing game work, whether or not he gets that. There is no Chase Edmonds there, so that, yeah. that potentially works in his favor. I have heard the drum beats for Eno Benjamin I'm not sure if I buy that yet. So I think when I when I sort of factor all these things in, I do think he can be an RB1 this year. I don't think he's a top five running back no. necessarily the way he was last year. Um, but I do think he can give you some good kind of back-end RB1 numbers. If you're, if you're fine with him being the RB9, 10, something like that, I think that's what you get out of James Conner because you're right. The touchdown upside is going to be huge for him. And, and that's a, I think he goes like RB12, 13, something like that, so you don't even have to pay. Like, like there's room where he can outlive his draft costs. Yeah, so that, that I think is, is also important too, where you're getting him versus what you're expecting of him. Uh, certainly makes a difference. That was Who's Gonna Eat, presented by Uber Eats, the official on-demand food delivery partner of the NFL. Even if you make the wrong fantasy lineup call, make the right call on delivery order with Uber Eats today. One name we did not mention we talked about the leaders was DeAndre Hopkins. It was kind of a rough season for him. He was dealing with nagging injuries all year long. And then the news comes in the offseason that he's going to be suspended for the first six games uh, for violating the performance-enhancing drug policy. So we know that at least the first six weeks of the season, no DeAndre Hopkins. Who picks up the slack in the offense? I think it's Marquise Brown. And I'm very bullish on Marquise Brown, actually. I, I First of all, I don't know if you heard this, Marcus. You know, Devontae Adams and Derek Carr know each other from mm -hmm. college. It's Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown. What? Friends from college. What? I know. Wild. Um, but 
we know Marquise Brown is a great field stretcher. The only thing was that's not Lamar Jackson's strength. And in fact, that Kyler Murray is a huge upgrade over what Lamar has been uh, uh, on terms of a deep ball. I believe it was like 18%. His completion percentage is higher than Lamar on passes of 20 plus air yards. And the average is five more yards per throw. I just think those two are going to be a really good fit together. And in fact, I think Marquise Brown could hold on to the wide receiver one role even when DeAndre Hopkins returns. When you, when you said that, you know, they're friends from college, all I could think of in my head was was Thor Ragnarok when he says, he's a friend from work. That's all, <laughs> that's all that was kind of going through my head at the time. But, uh, you know, I, I do like the Marquise Brown option to pick up some slack. I've also been big on Zach Ertz all offseason. I've been saying that I feel like he's been getting disrespected in drafts, that he's not going high enough. I've been drafting him in a ton of spots uh, wherever I can. And I think I think having the two of them in tandem sort of work very well because you've got Brown who can take the top off a of defense and sort of stretch stretch opposing secondaries. Meanwhile, you've got Ertz who can sort of work in the intermediate part of the field and be a nice target for, for Kyler Murray maybe when things break down and get into a little bit of trouble. So, uh, I you know, obviously there's not – one easy way to replace a DeAndre Hopkins. I think both those guys sort of sort of slot in there, so it, it, it sort of works. And I, I feel like Marquise Brown's a guy that we haven't talked a ton about uh, this offseason, but I'm, I'm very curious to see, you know, what it's like with him and Kyler back together again and, and working in this offense. So, first Cardinal drafted, your Cardinal sleeper, and your Cardinal player to avoid. First Cardinal drafted, I, I think, should be James Conner in, in, like, the late second, early third round. Uh, sleeper, uh, this is a team that, like, their offense is kind of funneled through. We know, like, where it's going to go, so it's hard to pick a sleeper, but Rondell Moore is getting some sleeper hype. I'll go with him. I, I don't personally love him uh, because of the way they used him last year. He was basically a running back, but I did like him coming out of college, so I think he has talent there. We just need to see his role change in this offense for him to become fantasy relevant. Player to avoid, it's another one hard to find on this team. Uh, I, I said on Fantasy Live the other day that I'm okay taking DeAndre Hopkins in like the eighth round if your starting receivers are set, and I stand by that. But a lot of the times, there's just like running back value and stuff there that I like more than DeAndre Hopkins. So me personally, I don't have much DeAndre Hopkins at all this season. Yeah, I think we're we're sort of in lockstep on this because obviously James Conner is the first guy off the board. I, I was big on Rondale Moore, especially early in draft season, really believing that this was an opportunity the first six weeks of the season to kind of get involved. And, and there had been talk out of Arizona that they wanted to use him differently, move him around, kind of use him less like a running back and more like an actual wide receiver. So I think there's a chance for him to sort of make a mark in the first six weeks of the season and maybe carve out a role uh, that remains once DeAndre Hopkins comes back. I mean, guys to avoid, I, I mean, I think yeah, obviously you're drafting, you're drafting Marquise Brown, you're drafting Nuke Hopkins at some point, you're drafting Ertz. There are no other wide receivers there, though. I mean, I guess Rondale Moore, if you like him as a sleeper, but you know, AJ Green was nice last year, but but he's not a guy I'm really I'm really going yeah. after. Uh, as much as people are hyping Eno Benjamin, I can't I can't quite get on board with Eno Benjamin yet either. Um, you know, hey, he stays in Arizona though. I mean, he went to Arizona State and he gets to you know, just not move out of his old apartment. Um, <laughs> Actually, I hope he did because I guess he has a you know he's actually making money now. Say a little bit more money now. <laughs> he's got a little more money in his pocket now. <laughs> he's not living he in a dorm anymore. He did when he was a son. Could you imagine that? He's like you know he's been in the NFL for a couple of years and he's still living in the dorms on campus there, partying on Mill Avenue. Pocket in the money. Oh, I've done that before. Yeah, that's, man, that's a wild trip. It's a good time. <laughs> Absolutely good time. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably I've probably aged out of that demographic now, but uh, yeah, man, go do it. So, um, before we hit the break, we have been doing some positional breakdowns and going through your rankings, Mike, and, and we've done quarterbacks, we've done running backs. We'll get to a couple today. Let's start now with the wide receivers. Let's just start simple. Who uh, briefly is in your top 10? Number one might surprise some people, but for me, I have Justin Jefferson first overall. I just think he's been so great his first two years. He's going to take a year three leap. Um, and then I have Cooper Cup second because if it's, if, He's not one. He's number two, no later than that, I think. Jamar Chase at three, who has such a high ceiling, so much upside there. I have Stephon Diggs at four, who I keep saying I think could have a career year this year. Devontae Adams at five, because even in a new team, he's still Devontae Adams. C.D. Lamb at six, who I, I think has a lot of upside and a lot of volume up for grabs there. Number seven, uh, sticking with Debo Samuel, who I think a lot of people are concerned about, but... 
even before he was being used as a running back, he was on pace to put up better numbers than every wide receiver not named Cooper Cup last year. Um, at eight, I have Mike Evans, who I think is just as safe as they come at receivers. I've kind of been off of Evans in recent years, but now I'm like, this guy is so safe every single year. You know what you're going to get out of him. Number nine, Tyreek Hill, much lower than he normally is, but he's still Tyreek Hill, so I still have him there. And then at 10, this might be a surprise, but Michael Pittman Jr., who I think broke out last year and is really going to break out this season. Yeah, I, I like him. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second. But I want to go back to, to Justin Jefferson. Uh, he takes he steps in in a Kevin O'Connell offense now. It's the same basic offensive idea that, that helped Cooper Cup to his phenomenal season. So I'm going to ask kind of a ridiculous question. Could Justin Jefferson get 2,000 yards this year? I think so, because <laughs> this sounds like kind of dirty to say after what Cooper Cup just did last year, but like pure raw talent, I think you could make a case that Justin Jefferson has more talent than Cooper <laughs> Cup. And he has a good quarterback in Kirk Cousins, someone that we know is going to get him the ball early and often. And then it's the new system. It's literally the Rams offensive coordinator who came over, who helped Cooper Cup have his historic season last year. And Jefferson was quoted as saying, like, I understand now why Cooper Cup was open. I used to be like, why is no one covering him? <laughs> now I get it. It's part of the system. So that's just scary. Yeah, uh, very, very scary, potentially. Uh, C.D. Lamb at number six. I said on Fantasy Live uh, recently that I think you know, my, my bold prediction is that he ends up as the wide receiver one. Uh, tell me if I'm crazy or not. I don't think you're crazy at all. I think that is in, very much so in the range of his outcomes. We know the talent is there. Like We know how good C.D. Lamb is. The only thing was last year there was times where Amari Cooper would get a lot of the volume. Michael Gallup was still getting a lot of targets there. Cooper's gone. Gallup's not healthy to start the year. Who knows when we see him. This guy could easily lead the NFL in targets on the team that was in the top three in, passes, in passing last season. That That's a scary, scary sight, I think. I think he easily could be the wide receiver. I mean, last year he had a 25% share. That number could go up significantly. <laughs> Which is just... Like he's, and he's so good. He's so good. Absolutely. And then Michael Pittman Jr. at number 10. I mean, you know, I'm a, certainly a fan of that. I feel like he's a guy who, you talk about receivers who could severely outperform their ADP. It feels like he's very much one of those right now. Yeah, I, and I think last year we saw the start of it. Like, he showed us that he can be a downfield threat, a red zone threat. He is a contested catch monster. And now he has one, I think, a bit more talented quarterback in Matt Ryan and just one that fits better. Like, Watching number 11 right there, we're going to be comparing him, at, like Matt Ryan and him, to Julio Jones, I think, at points <laughs> this year. He's not Julio, but he's going to be like, like we're going to be making those comparisons. I think. Which is kind of funny. He gets to throw to a primary wide receiver with number 11 again, just like he did in Atlanta for the I years. just hope he throws him in the red zone, because that was the right. one thing he didn't do with Julio. <laughs> that was always the thing with Julio. He just wasn't scoring enough touchdowns to make everybody happy. Uh, give me a sleeper wide receiver. I see the name on the list, and it, it really is on brand for you this offseason. <laughs> Kadarius Tony. He's been my guy this year. I, I'm on record as saying like the only thing I think that will derail the breakout is injuries, because I will admit that is a concern with him. But watching him last year, I was like, this guy reminds me of Tyreek Hill. And then I dove into the numbers and... He what he was doing on a per route basis is up there with the elite of the elite receivers. And then, I mean, he dropped 180 yards on the best defense in football last year in a game that he got ejected early for throwing a punch like he could have easily put up 250 if he kept playing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, the concern is just it is the quarterback situation um, and it's kind of, you know, can he get out of his own way more than anything else? I think those are the only things potentially stopping Kadarius Toney. Uh, wide receiver to avoid. Um, this is hard because it's a name that we have really banked on the last few years. Yeah, it's uh, it's DK Metcalf, who last year saw his yards per game go to a career low, but he was able to make up for it with a bunch of touchdowns. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that again with Geno Smith or Drew Locke. Plus, the thing about Seattle, Marcus, was always like we were like, throw more. You have Russell Wilson and these great receivers. How much are they going to throw now with, without Russell Wilson there? And on those little bit that they do throw, it's not like they're going to have a quarterback like Russ who could play hero ball and make up for it on a couple of throws. Yeah, I mean, I just worry. I, of the two Seahawks receivers, if it's DK versus, versus Lockett, who would you rather have? I have DK ranked a lot higher. I, I just think he he's younger. He's a physical specimen. But the difference is... Lockett is almost like an afterthought in drafts. Like he goes outside the top 40 receivers. DK is still going in the top 20. So you're paying a premium price still to get him. You know, it's funny because I think I've drafted Lockett more than, than Metcalf for that very reason. That he's just 
seems to be hanging around on draft yeah. boards, and it's like he's still a good player, man. The, like I'm still the draft only him. draft I have DK in is one with like other people who do this like for a living, mm-hmm. and it, I only took him because he fell to like the seventh round, something yeah. like that. And I was like, all right, at this point, I'll take him. <laughs> That's sort of hard to pass up at that point. So. <laughs> uh, we are not done. We still got a couple more teams in the NFC West. Plus, we got some more player rankings to go through. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back with the rest of it on the NFL Fantasy Football Show. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50. And it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 
37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's list is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Gotta get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. Rain or shine, every day is a great day for fishing, right? You got rain gear, but you can't overlook sunny day gear. A Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie has you covered on the sunniest days. Like literally. I mean, who wouldn't trade a sunburn for a trophy fish? But why do it if you don't have to? Especially when this Solar Stream Elite hoodie is built with broad spectrum UV protection. We're talking UPF 50, and it has airflow so you don't overheat. And what's the alternative? Putting down the rod every half hour so you can slather on some sunscreen. Seems like an easy choice to me. Columbia PFG has you covered with their Castback TC shoe. Its OmniMax cushioning and traction system helps if you're on your feet a lot, say, fighting a fish. Not to mention keeping you sure-footed on a wet, rocking boat. So if you're going to be spending long days out on the water, and I sincerely hope that you will be, head over to Columbia.com PFG and shop all their performance fishing gear. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without painful finger sticks. So you can always know which way your glucose is headed. An arrow shows you where you're heading, up, down, or steady. It can also alert you before you go too low or when you're going too high. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM available, you can make better diabetes decisions about food, medication, and activity in the moment. And all those little decisions can lead to big results. Results you can see like more time and range in lower A1C. With Dexcom G7, you can manage your diabetes with confidence. Get started with the number one recommended CGM brand by doctors and patients at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Hey, you can take your fantasy game to the next level this season with Fantasy Plus. A subscription gives you amazing features like auto-swapping your inactives on game day and the auto-optimize your lineup feature. Crush the competition with next-level roster and waiver tools. Just $9.99 per year after a seven-day free trial. All right, back to the NFC West preview. We go to the San Francisco 49ers, 10-7 and 7 in 2021. Now they got to the NFC Championship game, lost to the Rams there. Jimmy Garoppolo led the team in passing, 3,810 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 INTs, QB 17. Now he's the highest-paid backup in the NFL. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, your rushing leader, 963 yards, five rushing touchdowns, the RB 26. Debo Samuel. 77 catches, 1,405 yards, six rushing touchdowns, wide receiver three in part because he was also the Niners' second leading rusher last year. But 
Let's go back to Jimmy Garoppolo because we were on set for Fantasy Live about to start the show when the news came down that he had signed a new contract with the team, which shocked literally everybody. Um, does this new contract change how you feel about Trey Lance? For me personally, no. I, I think like this is more a, hey, we couldn't get anything for Jimmy G. It, it made sense. He didn't like there was nowhere for him to go. So let's just have him be a backup this year just in case we need him. But I still expect this to fully be Trey Lance's team. And I still think his upside is well worth taking a shot. At. I, I still like Trey Lance, still drafting him where I can. And I think you look at it as if he plays well, obviously he keeps the job and he helps your fantasy team. If he doesn't play well, well, then your fantasy team is probably in a heap of trouble anyway. Uh, and then obviously that that certainly opens the door for Garoppolo to come in and, and, and take over. They like Trey Lance. They want to give him the opportunity. This is still very much his team. But obviously, the conversation all year long, anytime he struggles a little bit, is going to be the whispers. I, I feel like that's a fan thing, though. Like, they have yeah. so much invested into Trey Lance. I, I think, like, are you going to really bench him if, if he has a bad game? I, I, I would be. I think it would take an extended period of struggling for. And then at that point, you're out of it. Play the kid. Might as, well, might as well let him play anyway. <laughs> Figure it out. Figure it out on the field. Uh, Elijah Mitchell has been a lot of people's favorite running back to draft so far this season. I mentioned he was the RB26. I think right now he's being drafted as like the RB24 or something like that. Um, has he? Is he close to his ceiling? Do you think he's hit his ceiling? And do you feel like we're drafting him right at that ceiling right now? I don't. I, I think, in fact, I can make the argument that we're closer to his floor Ooh. because last year, on a per-game basis, he was an RB1. Mm. Like, he just missed a lot of – there's a lot of concerns with him, don't get me wrong. Injury, Trey Lance stealing work, especially near the goal line. But I still think he's a really good running back and the best system for a running back to be in. I think that's the key, right? It's, it's that, one, he's in a great system for running backs. And still, you're drafting him You're drafting him as an RB2. So um, if he gives you RB2 numbers, then you're fine. And if, as you mentioned, he, he can put it together for a full season and give you RB1 numbers, then uh, I think you got to feel pretty great about that. All right, so first Niner drafted, a Niner sleeper, and a Niner to avoid. First Niner drafted, I think, should be Debo Samuel in the, in the second round. Um, a sleeper there... It's hard to find a sleeper here, but I'll go with, uh, you could go Jeff Wilson Jr., Tyrion Davis-Price. Just in case something happens to Elijah Mitchell, you're going to want the next man up in this system. We've seen that for years now. Whoever it is, the 49ers running back, they're going to be fantasy relevant. Player to avoid, man, this, this might be a little spicy, but I have been avoiding George Kittle. Mm -hmm. uh, he is amazing. The only downfall is he's just as good of a blocker as he is as a receiver, so they use him far too much blocking. And then I'm worried about how much they're going to actually throw to him because they're going to probably run the ball more, I think. Plus, then you already have you have Debo, you have Ayuk. So I, I understand tight end is kind of thin, but I have not drafted George Kittle. So I'm with you on Debo Samuel being the first guy off the board. I think that's, that's kind of a no-brainer. My sleeper, you mentioned him. It's Brandon Ayuk, and I know, I know everybody got their heart broken last year, right? Like, I was one of them. Believe me, I was, I was waving the flag for Ayuk. But all the reports out of camp have been great about him. Uh, John Lynch, the general manager, was going on about how much he's put in the work, and he's ready to go, and they're really excited about him. Plus, I went back and looked, and it was a smallish sample size, but Trey Lance, when he was on the field, the two guys he targeted the most were Debo Samuel, no surprise, and Brandon Ayuk. So if that, if that sort of... Uh, continues, then I think there's a real opportunity for him to, to be the guy this year that we thought he was going to be last year. My player to avoid, I'm with you on George Kittle. I've drafted him a couple of times, and I haven't felt great about it um, <laughs> because of what you mentioned, that he is kind of a de facto sixth offensive lineman there for the 49ers. And because it, when you talk about the guys Trey Lance targeted – uh, Kittle was down the list, and so now maybe some of that has to do with you know them trying to keep him in to protect Lance a little bit, trying to run the football a little bit more. Maybe that has something to do with it, and maybe this year uh, they'll work out a little bit better. But I I have worries. I still think he's you know he's still a tight end one without a doubt. But but where you're drafting him, I I worry if he's going to return that kind of value this year. Uh, all right, so we finish up our NFC West preview with the Seattle Seahawks, seven and ten last year. Russell Wilson. The passing leader, 3,113 yards, if that sounds low, it's because, well, he missed some time with a broken thumb. Uh, 25 touchdowns, six interceptions, QB 16. Now he's uh, saying, let's ride in Denver. <laughs> Rashad Penny, your rushing leader, 
749 yards, six rushing touchdowns, the RB42, much of that production coming in like the last month of the season, basically. Uh, your receiving leader, Tyler Lockett, 73 catches, 1,175 yards, and eight receiving touchdowns. That made him the wide receiver 16. DK Metcalf actually led the team in catches, 75 catches, 967 yards, 12 touchdowns. He was the wide receiver 14, so they were pretty much neck and neck all season long. Uh, we talked a little bit about Metcalf and Lockett uh, and, and where you're drafting them. I know nobody's excited about them. I'll say this. I don't think anybody believes that either's a wide receiver one. Do you feel confident that one or either or both of them could be wide receiver twos this year? I could see like one of them being like DK Metcalf would be the one that I project being a wide receiver two, but I think it's going to be one of those things where like, it's like at the end of the year he's a wide receiver too, but getting there is just going to be an absolute roller coaster because <laughs> he'll catch some weeks he'll catch like a long touchdown and then there'll be other weeks where he's got like five catches for like forty something yards and you're like what are we doing? Yeah, I think I think that's probably fair. And I, as much as I like Tyler Lockett, I think I'm only comfortable with him at best as a wide receiver three. And so I think that's sort of his ceiling. If if anybody gets there, it is Metcalf. Uh, Rashad Penny, we all love what he did at the end of the season. The hype train has been rolling. He's being drafted right around RB28. Too high, too low, just right. I think it's just right. I have him ranked as my RB27. But with that being said, he is my most drafted running back this draft season because my strategy, he fits my approach at addressing the position, which is like hero, like get one early and then wait. But I, I love taking him in like the seventh, eighth round, something like that, because. I think he has RB1 upside if he stays healthy. We know Pete Carroll wants to run the ball. He did it with Russell Wilson. He's going to do it with Geno Smith. Rashad Penny down the stretch last year was the best running back in football. And not only just on raw numbers, like the metrics all back that up as well. So I, I think injuries are the one concern with him, but you get that discount already baked into his ADP. Because I think while he's healthy, he's guaranteed to be better than the RB28. And the thing about injuries for me has been, I have drafted Penny on teams where I've gone a little bit more running back heavy, just so I know I've got that insurance. In the event that, you know, you, you don't wish for it, but in the event that injuries pop up again, you're not sort of stuck and you're trying to scramble on the waiver wire for help. So if I'm going to go a little more running back heavy, I will definitely take Rashad Penny and probably, you know, around that RB28 spot. So I feel like that's a, that's a pretty good price for him. Uh, this one may be tough. First Seahawks drafted a sleeper and a player to avoid. Um, so my first Seahawks drafted and my player to avoid are both DK Metcalf. Um, <laughs> I think he should be the first Seahawks drafted because he's the most talented player on that team. But I don't think you get a big enough discount for, for the risk of him losing Russ and, and now having to play with Geno Smith. My sleeper, as much as I love Rashad Penny, I, I think Kenneth Walker could be uh, is a sleeper because I know he's banged up and dealing with his own stuff right now. But... You know, early in the year, Rashad Penny's healthy. If Rashad Penny misses time down the stretch or anything like that, Kenneth Walker's going to get a huge workload, and I think being RB2 maybe even better than that. So I do think, you know, I think you're right. DK Metcalf's first player off the board, um, but even then you're still waiting several rounds for that to happen. Uh, just to be sort of different, I'll make Tyler Lockett maybe the player to avoid just for, <laughs> for reasons that we've discussed. I know the ADP is usually pretty good, so it's not really a big risk, but I, I think it's just going to be a frustrating year dealing with any Seahawks wide receivers. And, and the sleeper's probably Kenneth Walker. There's just not a lot offensively on this team that we're interested in this year. I mean, it really yeah. is the wide receivers. It's Rashad Penny and it's Ken Walker. And that's kind of it. Um, you know, no, no offense. Nobody yeah, like no. that. Um, Even in a super flex, their quarterbacks are nothing more than just a pure backup. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard to count on anybody on that team offensively. It's a, you know, it wasn't that long ago though. We were like, we were hammering the Seahawks in fantasy, but, but not anymore. Uh, oh, as I mentioned, Noah Fant, that gets us to tight end. I'm going to go out on a limb and say he's not going to be in your top 10 tight end rankings, uh, but, but you can let me know who is in your top 10. Number one, Noah Fant. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Number one is, uh, is Travis Kelsey. I, I go back and forth between him and Mark Andrews, but I just think that Kelsey's a little bit safer uh, there. So I have him one. I have Mark Andrews two. My man, Kyle Pitts, number three. Uh, then Darren Waller, four. Kyle, uh, George Kittle, five. Uh, Dalton Schultz at number six, who I was saying earlier, I think a lot of volume for CeeDee Lamb. I think Schultz could get a lot of volume there as the number two target in that offense. Number seven, Zach Ertz, who I know you like as well. Number eight, Dallas Goddard. I think his upside is higher, but I do have volume concerns for him. 
Uh, number nine, a guy that I'm pretty bullish on this year, Cole Komet. I think he will be a top 10 uh, tight end with even higher upside than that. And then at number 10, a player that I've kind of been fading at cost is TJ Hawkinson. I think volume was what we liked about Hawkinson in, in years past, and I think that becomes a lot more murky this year. So you mentioned Mark Andrews there, and last year 153 targets. That's a big, big number. Um, you know, I know the Ravens don't throw the ball a ton. Is it possible he keeps that same target volume this year? It is possible, but I will say he was better with uh, with Huntley last year than he was with Lamar on a per-game basis. And part of that was because with Huntley, they were trailing and having to throw so much. Uh, with the better defense, maybe that, that keeps his targets in check. But I still think Mark Andrews, you're going to draft him in like the third round or something like that, and you're going to feel great about it at the end I've, of the year. I've drafted him quite a few spots. I mean, I've got him as my number one tight end. I just think that, you know, we know the target share is going to be there even if it's not 150 he's going to get the ball a lot this year i don't think there's a wrong answer at number one between kelsey and Andrews. no i don't think so either i think you can you're going to be okay either way uh you got dallas goddard at number eight i, I haven't drafted him a whole lot just because i worry about whether or not there's enough targets to go around after aj brown but obviously you feel you at least feel some level of confidence that he's going to be productive this year i think on a like a per target basis he's a re like he's one of the better tight ends in football the reason i don't have him higher is because everything you said the volume concerns but i do think if if anything was to happen to aj brown or devonta smith then this guy could potentially become a top five tight end that's why i kept him at eight but I i'm with you the concerns of for volume are very real honestly trading zach Ertz, it was a thing that worked it worked out for both guys i mean it got it got goddard and Ertz away from each other they were both able to thrive uh, in their respective situations so that that actually was a really good thing that happened last year sleeper tight end um this is a name that we've heard a lot in the offseason so not not a surprise but i still i still like it here. yeah let irv swerve let right? you, you coined that and the other <laughs> like fantasy twitter just runs with it and every time i see it i'm like gotta give this man credit <laughs> um but irv smith jr in 2020 with no kyle uh, rudolph was putting up numbers that would have made him a top five tight end last year it was just volume was his big concern then. But then they got rid of Rudolph, and last year he got hurt in preseason. That that was a role, I think, that was built for him. Tyler Conklin saw nearly 90 targets. So now in an offense that's going to throw even more with the declining wide receiver, too, I think there's a lot of upside there for Irv Smith. And then you mentioned you're sort of fading T.J. Hawkinson. Uh, he's your guy to avoid. I feel like his situation is a lot like Dallas Goddard, where there just may not be enough targets to go around for everybody in Detroit. Yeah, and, and that was what propped Hawkinson up. I feel like because he was a top five tight end in drafts last year, we overvalue him. It was purely volume-based. It wasn't like we were like, this guy's a great tight end. It was like, who else are they going to throw the ball to? <laughs> right. Uh, so we are not going to be doing a show on Monday. It's Labor Day. Enjoy your holiday, everybody out there. So uh, we're not going to be doing a show, but we want to kind of give you our thoughts for how to approach that last round of the draft, right? You, you know, I, I know it's easy sometimes to just click out, let auto-pick do the thing, but you know, sometimes there are strategies to be had. So for you, if you get to that last round of the draft, what, what sort of ideas are you working with? Upside. That's all I want. I, I want to take it like if there's someone like a team that maybe their receivers are banged up or you don't feel great about their starting running back, get the backup, something like that, because – that's likely going to be the first player you drop when waivers run anyway, so why not th take like a deep dart throw and see if something hits week one? That's, I'm with you 100% on that. I think you're looking kind of sometimes for younger players, but at least for guys where you know there's a path to a big workload if something happens, whether it's an injury, whether it's the guy ahead of them not playing well and they get that opportunity. Uh, and I would tell you this, sometimes you strike gold. Last year, uh, in one of my drafts, my final pick was Cordero Patterson. So sometimes, sometimes it works out. So I know sometimes it's easy just to go and hit auto pick or just you know, grab a kicker and be done with it. But uh, every now and then, you find some gold uh, in the last round of your draft. So just something to keep in mind uh, as you head into any drafts you may have over the weekend. By the way, one more time, you can still sign up for NFL Fantasy. It is free. It is fun. Just go and download the NFL Fantasy app or go to Fantasy nfl.com in the meantime that'll do it for this edition of the nfl fantasy football podcast stay happy safe and healthy do good and live well take care of yourselves and the people around you enjoy your final weekend with no nfl football and we'll talk to you next week
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.